Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Health and Money Podcast. My name is Ted Stevenow, and today we are going to continue. Uh, we only have about, let's see, three more episodes uh, in this series of reading through the book Downsize Sooner Than Later, 18 Rules for Retirement Success. Uh, today we're on Rule 17, which is called Slay Your Dragons. It's on page 131, and as usual, we'll read through the chapter and then circle back to comment on highlights. So let's go. Uh, rule 17, Slay Your Dragons. A dragon is any issue that the longer you ignore it, the bigger it grows. Ignored long enough, a dragon can get so big and strong, it becomes capable of eating you alive. In tandem with the dragon's growth in size and strength, the weaker your capacity becomes to fight it. At last, in the dark of night, when you are least prepared, it calls you out, but then it's too late. We've discussed many issues in the prior rules that qualify as dragons. A few include ignoring the fact that you will always have bills to pay, ignoring your spending habits, ignoring simplifying and putting order to your life, ignoring that you may live much longer than you think, ignoring separating your income from your wealth, ignoring a plan for sustainable lifetime income, Ignoring a plan for wealth to grow undisturbed. Ignoring a plan for long-term care. Ignoring securing a will and other important legal planning documents. Ignoring putting your passwords in a place where loved ones can find them. Ignoring expressing your final wishes. Ignoring your diet. Ignoring your exercise. Ignoring to protect your mind. And ignoring the pursuit of meaning in your life. It's no secret that some of the above items are tough to deal with, and there's always an excuse to put things off. Fighting dragons is never easy. I have lived long enough that some of the things I have put off are now beyond my reach. There is no second chance for a do-over or a catch-up. Ironically, when things are going well, it is one of the easiest times to ignore the dragons. There is just no sense of urgency. At other times, the urgency is overwhelming. When John died, I was in the middle of writing this book and entering the busiest time of the year for my principal business. Life did not stop its march forward just because John was suddenly gone. Business demands continued. Bills were still due. Responsibilities were still expected to be met. Adding salt to the wound, in the few months after John's passing, the sky seemed to open up and rain swarms of dragons all over us. Throughout this period, aside from support from family and friends, my salvation was my routine. Earlier in the year before John's death, after months of introspection about what were the most important things to be doing with my life, I rebuilt my routine. Like what we discussed in Rule 16 on meaning, I decided my family, my health, diet and exercise, and my personal businesses were my most important things. For each, I broke out daily activities I could do to move these areas forward in a positive way. Rather than a to-do list, this was more of a to-become list. Once I decided on the key activities on which to focus, I weaponized them into a daily routine. It may seem a digression, but it is important to note, whenever I felt tempted to feel angry or bitter or to curse life for what so unfairly happened to John, I deliberately decided not to pursue such nihilistic thoughts. This was in part in homage to him. I know with complete certainty he would never have wanted me to use his death as justification for sinking into despair and not living my own life fully. John did not suffer fools easily, and to say that he would have had no tolerance for my taking on a victim-based mindset is an understatement. Some days when things are tough and I am tempted to overthink or worry about the past or the future, I say to myself, just focus on today. What's on deck for today? With an established routine available, it has made narrowing my focus and answering this question easier. Consequently, and even during this past year's difficulty, forward progress continued. I offer you as proof the completion of this book. 
During the worst of the siege, my routine looked something like this. Up at 5 a.m., grab gym clothes, laid out the night before, make coffee, let out dogs, put on headphones, select and play an instructive audiobook or podcast, drive to the gym, work out, come home, wash hands, clean up the kitchen, set breakfast table, cut up fruit bowls for Ted and Jan, make Jan's lunch. Then I would do breakfast dishes, make to-go coffee for Jan, kiss goodbye and say be safe. Then I would journal for about 15 minutes, write for two to three hours, do business calls for two to three hours, lunch for 15 minutes, follow-ups with business people, one to two hours, slay dragons, one to two hours. Jan came, then we'd then come home, <clears throat> we'd have dinner, relaxing evening together, go to the gym, biking, walking, screen time, reading, painting, errands, movie nights, etc. Then I would lay out my gym clothes, be in bed by 10 p.m., and repeat this routine daily until the weekend. Note on the list above the line titled, Slay Dragons. For this daily activity, I created a list of the most uncomfortable, difficult, pain in the neck, must do but don't want to do things I had on my plate. A few examples were following up with the coroner about the cause of John's death, getting John's phone back from the police, working on estate details, filing probate court documents, securing bonding, paying off his car loan, retitling his car, squaring away his investment and retirement accounts, collecting his personal items, books, journals, computers, clothes, and other belongings, notifying John's clients that he died, collecting his W-2s, 1099s, and preparing his income taxes, etc., etc. Nearly every one of the above items completely sucked to work on. Many were like being stripped bare, tied to a post, and whipped. But I had to do them. I also had to keep my regular life going and not drop my critical responsibilities. As I write this, John has been gone eight months to the day. I share this in order to say that at least one key to getting hard things done, and especially in the hardest times, is to have a routine, and to add space in that routine specifically for the hard stuff. It still sucks, but at least it comes in manageable doses. On an individual day when you slay a small dragon, or on other days when all you can manage is a few slashes at one or two, there is a sense of satisfaction that you are moving forward even if the progress seems small. I suppose it is remarkable that throughout this ordeal, we still managed to keep so many important things going, not the least of which has been still eating healthy and making it to the gym. Has there been grief? Mountains of grief. Tears? Rivers of tears. I know John would understand that we need time to grieve, and we have spent time doing so. At the same time, I think he would be proud that we kept so many things together that he knew to be important. I can imagine him asking, do you still have your six-pack, Dad? Hell yes, I do. When this book is published, one of my next projects will be to publish his manuscript which I did, it's called Hacking Normal, it's on Amazon. That will mean reading through it and making sure it is ready. Doing so will be hard, as I have read some of it recently. It is as if he is standing right next to me looking over my shoulder, but I will battle through it and make it happen. My routine will play a major part in making it so. I invite you to make your own dragon list of to-dos and to-becomes. From there, focus on building a routine. Each day, do something that moves the ball forward on the things that matter most in your life. If you make such a system to do so and put your affairs in order, I can promise you two things. One, you will slay your dragons, winning peace of mind for yourself and benefiting those who depend on you. And two, your personal willpower will grow. This happens because having a constructive routine builds both momentum and mental muscle. Once you get a serious taste of habitual dragon slaying, there is no going back. Okay, so that's the end of that chapter and we'll go back and talk about some highlights. Um, with this chapter, I really wanted to do two things. I wanted to call out the difficult things, right? So if you don't have a will, you don't have powers of attorney, you don't have, you haven't sat down and at least thought through what you're going to do about long-term care or have some sort of a plan for it, it, 
all these things that we, we list or thinking about the money and having some sense of where I'm going to separate some my, my income from my wealth and I'm going to put some money aside that I'm never going to touch so that it's there to grow and protect me in old age, all that stuff we've discussed in other rules. Some of those things, they just seem difficult and daunting, like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. I hate that. I don't want to work on that. Anything that's like that. Well, of course, there's the, the, the idea that if it's ignored, the longer it's ignored, kind of the worse it gets, the harder it is to deal with. Like if I never get my estate planning documents together and I just put it off and put it off, next thing you know, I'm in my very senior years and my capacity to deal with such topics is now diminished, right? Or I've become injured or I've become sick or I've become incapacitated in some way. Well, then it's a lot harder to get those documents together if you're ever even going to get them together. And so there is this thing where it's like the longer things are put off sometimes, uh, the worse they get. And so, so I'm saying, hey, look, don't ignore the dragons because they just get worse over time. And then, then secondly, I'm saying, make a list of things like just literally fearlessly sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and just write out all the hard stuff just don't don't judge it or feel bad about it just just list it just go through oh god here's all the things i need to take care of that i don't want to work on and just let them go don't don't worry about how hard they are how inconvenient they are or how difficult just make a list okay and then what, what i'm suggesting is something that I'm really bringing in from my business experience uh, is that I just learned that if you face a day without a plan I mean there's sometimes a, a great you know on vacation you might want to face a day without a plan and just enjoy the experience of it but in, in regular days uh, generally speaking without a plan or a routine then every little step of the way needs to be custom built and that just takes a lot more energy and effort whereas if a day is pre-planned so I, like the, the night before I plan my day tomorrow and I know what I'm going to do. That way, when I when I wake up, I hit the ground running. And in the story where I went through my routine, where I'm like, you know, I get up in the morning and grab my gym clothes, that whole the whole ritual of putting my gym clothes out before I go to bed at night, so that when I wake up, all I got to just reach over and grab those things and get going. Um, having those things together that make doing the things I want to do easier is just a huge help. And it further not only does it help me just kind of do things I want to do it also helps me do the things that I don't want to do or the things that are hard or that are difficult and here I allude to much of the or many of the estate planning items and things that were the fallout from when John passed away but I didn't make a very complete list because there's a lot of other stuff I mean that whole calling the coroner thing is like because he died in his sleep of this heart thing that was totally unknown and unexpected it was like oh well what, what does this mean to you know is this a family thing is this genetic is this something his brother and sister need to worry about like I need an answer I need to know what happened here and it took almost five months to get an answer back from the coroner. And it was just like throughout that time, there was this whole what if, what do I do? And just being on edge and a lot holding that a lot in, in internally where I didn't talk about it, well, how worried I was about that for everybody else. I just bore it out, you know. And so I had the thing where every Thursday I would call just kind of religiously in the afternoon on Thursday, say, hey, what's up? You guys know what's going on? And that went on for months because they, they, they couldn't figure out what happened. And in the end, they really didn't figure out what happened. They can just describe physically what happened but there's no name for this because it's such a rare thing that occurred that this fibrosis tissue grew in his heart and uh, and caused it to, to stop functioning so this but this concept of the routine is really key you know I say well, it's like make a to-do list make a to become list and when you make it into a routine where you have simplified action steps that can move you in the direction of the thing that you want to accomplish I mean that's I, I call it here I weaponize them things into a routine meaning it's really going to take place. Is where the action is going to come after the routine is set, and 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 I, I do this chapter, you know, talking about seeing the praises of routines, and also including difficult things in that routine, so you can feel like you're moving forward and making progress on the things that are tough. But an underlying factor in this in this whole topical space is 
what it what it the, the psychological impact in terms of just you know I heard someone say one time that courage is a as a muscle that you have to exercise, and I'm really in several of the rules trying to suggest the idea that thinking about what's your mental strength, what is your ability to deal with things because you know, without really calling it out in specific terms and making an, another rule about it. It's like getting old is hard. I mean, getting old is beautiful and wonderful, and there's all this perspective you bring, and there's this, there's this happy side of it, or this joyful kind of amazing side to it. But then there's also the difficulty of it, right? And the reduction of physical and mental acuity and, and capacity and, and, and just the reality, the inevitability of, like, you know, pe starting to lose people, you know, the people that are, that are, that are family members or, or that are friends that – I mean, like I've mentioned a few times doing the show, you know, my dad's 92. It's like hardly any, if any, of his friends are still living. I mean, they were, they were as his age or older. And so he's had to see everybody in his whole world, except for the younger generation, the new people coming up, kind of pass away. And each with each one of those losses, it's like another. It's just like it's just like another weight on the bar. And and you know, Grandpa in this case, he knows more about loss than the in many respects than, than all the rest of us you know because he's seen so many things and he's had to figure out how to reorient his perspective and deal with this reality and it's it's there's, there's just a mental strength acquired that's required in order to be able to just weather that storm in order to and shape one's perspective so that you can learn what you can learn and pass things on to other people and have an enlightened perspective and it just older ages are going to demand a certain level of strength and so I'm looking for like, what can you do to bolster your strength? Well, you can think about what's important to you and you can make goals or you can set your sails so that you move in the direction of the things that, that matter to you most. And then coupled with that idea of thinking about what you want and where you want to go is the idea of how do I, how do I really bring it to life? How do I spark this into life? And in my experience with, with business in particular, um, it's been routines, it's been systems. I mean, I'm always talking about creating systems. And I'm not trying to be crazy and take all the joy out of life because there's all these things you got to do. But, you know, and on a daily basis, we we have things that we need to get done. And, and by making this routine, we're able to get them done. And so there is a happiness element of, you know, you look back on a day. It's like, well, what did we do today? Did I drift? Did I, did I you know, let the wind just flow through the sail and not get me anywhere? Did I... Did I, did I miss the opportunity to get stuff done, to move forward? And, the, and with the routine, I can look back and go, no, didn't, went to the gym, hung out with Jan, did the, the healthy breakfast, <laughs> got to work, did these things. Oh, man, I took a couple swings at the Dragons today. You know, I can go through and I can look back. And it's sort of another manifestation of what we talked about in the last rule where meaningful action, right, followed by reflection leads to this this fulfillment, like like feeling happy about it. Like, okay, I did today. I moved the ball forward today. I worked on it. I I, I I, I took steps in the direction of, of my dreams or my vision or my, my goals and the things that I, want, I think are important. So there's sort of this ongoing maintenance energy that's just like, like we talked about too before that it's sustaining, right? So that I know that I've done these things. I, I remember times when having the worst possible day or whatever, really tough day and thinking like, well, at least I went to the gym, you know, <laughs> like sometimes it was the only thing I could hang my hat on might've been like one of the pieces of my routine that actually got done. So so I'm big on the routine thing, but I don't want to, I'm not trying to overdo it. I'm just going to say, just come up with, just think about it, right? <laughs> if you say, well, here, what are these the important things I want to do? Like, there's a great example is health, health, health and diet. I mean, exercise and diet. So it's like, okay, I want to eat healthy, right? I want to do some kind of exercise. Well, it's like, okay, well, well how are you going to do that? What are you going to do? Is it going to be something you do before breakfast that you do your exercise? Is it going to be something you do in the middle of the day? Is it an evening thing? Is it, I mean, how do you, you have to start to answer the question like, well, how would you fit that into your daily, you know, operations?
and then make it something where you can rely on like oh you know oh every day i get up here and i go to the gym at this time and and, and the thing about it is having these routines makes things happen more easily right because it takes away that custom build where you're having to recreate and stick build the your the the structure of your day each day so now now this works for me and i I'm, I'm at other people like uh one of my 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 youngest son thomas um you know it's not fair to say he does have a routine but he's more about like for example he'll go to the gym early in the morning afternoon evening he's 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 gone to the gym like all different kinds of time in the day and for me i find that to be more difficult because it's like if i wait if i put off going to the gym in the afternoon i'm gonna have other stuff come up it's gonna make it sound like ah, i i just didn't go because i let these other things get in the way whereas if i get up early and go to the gym there's really very little thing that can come along and conflict with that you know like maybe i stayed up too late and i'm tired or there's very little i might I could be sick right I could have some reason to keep me from going to the gym in the morning, but it's not going to be because somebody scheduled a meeting with me at five o'clock. It's, it's just an open time and that clear runway makes it easier for me to regularly get there and do the work that I want to do and get to where I want to be, which is just being as, in as good a shape as I can, I'm trying to be the best version of me that I can. I guess the last thing I'd say about this chapter is I did talk a lot about John and how you know this was a really tough time. Obviously, losing a child is the hardest thing in the world. Uh, or one of them, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know where it gets worse. Than, you know, most people would, would trade uh, their their own lives in place of their child losing their life. Uh, and so you know, this is just really a high order of difficulty. And, I mean, in John's case, it's just um, because of the age he was and our relationship. I mean, I think a lot about, like, what would he have wanted? What would he say? Like, like, like oh, you've lost the opportunity to live and be here. So it's like I have this thing where right or wrong and probably some psychologists would say don't think this you're making it harder on yourself but, but I think well he doesn't have the opportunity to live so like it puts a responsibility on me or at least I just do this for, to myself I say well you know I better live fully right I'm lucky to have this time and he doesn't have this time and I just feel bad about wasting time you know what I mean like I feel like I'm not saying they don't take time off and there's not time to relax because that's not wasted time that's actually relaxing and you know i mean that's chilling that's time to be able to that's important like you got to take some time off and think about things and not be hard charging all the time but i think about you know like we came up with this whole thing what would john do you know like what would he want what would what would be important and i just i use this sometimes the routine and the things that i'm doing and things we work on is sort of a i don't know just in honor of his memory kind of thing and so for me to have a full routine, a full set of goals, a full set of activities and things I'm trying to accomplish and moving a lot forward on a lot of the things that he and I worked on together. It just is, it's just a way for me to, because something that's important to me is honor, honoring his memory, right? I mean, helping keep his legacy alive. I mean, I'm really focused on like a, taking what, what, what money he had and being very, very careful and uh, investing that money in places where I, I want to see it grow. And I'd love to be able to hand that to his brother and sister in the future and leave this legacy behind that, that he started, you know, and because I want to be a good steward. And I don't I don't like I don't waste that. I don't uh, take that lightly. And, and it's just a way for me and, it, it, you know, just you know, just internally for me to to honor honor his memory and the time we had together and the impact that he had on my life and help spread that the, the joy and the love and the goodness from that, you know, as, as much as I can in, into the other relationships in my, in my world. And that's just one of those why things. Again, like we talked about in the last rule where you just a reason for living. It's like, well, well he's so special to me. He was so important to me. It's like um, I, I, want, I want to do the best to be the best steward with, with what, what, you know, what we have left from him and the time that I have uh, because he, he doesn't have that time. So 
So that's, you know, that's part of my thing. And I just apply to regular life some of what I learned in business, which is these systems. And the systems then create, you know, this moment where I go, look, I can imagine him asking, you know, do you still have your six-pack, Dad? And I say, hell yes. Um, COVID didn't help with that uh, last year. But that's important. I want to be in shape. I want to I want to have some of those same values continue. And certainly I don't want to have the fact that he's gone and the difficulty there make it be that also, no, I don't take care of myself anymore. I don't eat right anymore. I don't exercise anymore. I don't do fun things. I don't go see the fall leaves anymore. I don't get Christmas. I, anything that reminds me of you that makes me have pain. I shy away from it. it's like no I'm leaning into those things I want to he, he would want me to enjoy the fall he would want me to be exercising he would want me to enjoy Christmas he would want me to, to live fully and with his memory as an empowering thing rather than something that, that drags me down that's I'm not saying that's always easy but this routine thing has really helped helped make it work and you know when I went through his book that was because as I read this it's it's uh, been two and a half years coming up on three years since he's passed away and so that when I first penned these words, it was within the first year. And after I finished this book, I went back and, and I read through his manuscript in Hacking Normal. And man, I had to read through it several times. I went, he used to love to work at Starbucks because he was in this remote work thing. And he could work from anywhere he wanted. And he used to like to work at Starbucks. So I went to the Starbucks that was nearby uh, our house. Uh, actually, that he never saw because they moved the location from one to another. But he certainly would have spent a lot of time at this place where I went. And I just printed out his manuscript and I just went up there and said, man, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to read through this thing. And uh, I mean, literally, I'm like, you know, people in Starbucks are looking at the guy over there like, you know, I wasn't you know, slobbery crying. But I mean, I'm like, this guy's over there. I mean, I was, you know, there's no way you could read it without the emotion just coming through and thinking about how just seeing him in it and hearing his voice and you know, just feeling him, especially by the end of that book and hacking normal. He's, you can just feel, at least I can him trying so hard to tell people this is what's important these are the important things you know don't miss this and it's just like you could just hear I could just hear him giving everything he had to be able to, to, to explain to people what like his values for work and living and you know getting the most out of life and it was just like whoa you know by the end I I was able to get through that it was because for, first of all sitting down to read it was kind of one of the slaying the dragons it was like okay this is gonna be a bummer and I, I kind of not that I put it off but it had to wait its turn with everything else that was going on. But when I finally got there, it was like, okay, this is on the dragon list. You got to read this. You got to go through it and you got to see what it, what you think it says and how, how well, you know, I mean, if there's anything you need to fix or, you know, just I had to sit down and go through it. And I read it several times in the process of, of, of working on it. I ended up sending it to an editor in England and you know, with, with the caveat that for both of us, so like, look, I don't want to change John's voice. I and mean, it's really important that it still sounds like him. Uh, and so we went through that process and it took months and, I mean, I had to design a cover, use some of his little brother's art in that, and uh, also had a professional designer help me get get some stuff together, and it came out beautifully. You know, it's just, but it all happened because I just, I, I had this, I had this runway set up so I could deal with it, right? So I had, I did my regular work and all the stuff, and in the midst of everything, I was still going to the gym. We were still eating healthy. We were still, you know, what I mean, this was all. It was really pre-COVID before the when when that happened. It was right around when COVID happened. It was when I was just finishing finishing it up and getting it published at Amazon. But uh, so the routine was super important and it was a dragon that I had to slay. So, hey, make a list of your dragons, things that are that are tough, things that you have been putting off and look at your day and say, OK, what things do I want to do in my day? What regular things am I doing? And just think about maybe doing a routine saying, well, you know, I'm going to start getting up at seven o'clock and going to the gym or I'm going to get I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to do whatever it is. And just to the degree that you can make things like a part of a regular routine, they'll happen. They tend to happen more easily. And that can even include doing some of the tough stuff. So, so that is probably good enough for this, this chapter. So, hey, well, thank you again, everyone, for listening. As always, if you want to reach me with 
comments or questions, you can, you can email me at ted, ted at tedstevenot.com, S-T-E-V-E-N-O-T.com. And my, you can visit my website, tedstevenot.com, for just to see other work and books and links, links to John's book. Uh, links to Downside Sooner Than Later, or, there, or also those are all available on Amazon. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you have a great week, and we'll catch up with you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.